Welcome back to another episode of Keybinds, the official podcast from Trample Gaming. I am joined by Pinch and Triceratops as always, but bringing C back, he's going to be talking about Sephiroth's addition to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We're also going to have Paradoxus, also known as Mira. She's going to be on to discuss a very interesting court case. And yes, it relates to the gaming world. So definitely want to stay tuned for that. And then, of course, we're going to be following up everything with all the latest on the patch notes for Valorant. Tons of things to cover, lots of content, so let's just dive right in. So joining us now on Keybinds, we've got C, and we're going to be talking all about the latest in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and obviously I've had a chance to play. I know C has had a chance to play. We've had a chance to see what Sephiroth can do in bracket. So let's just break it down. Let's talk a little bit about what happened here? Um, Pinch, anything you want to add immediately about uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Because I know it's been a little while since you played. Honestly, I haven't even touched the game. So, yeah, I have no idea. Does this inspire you to come back to the game now that, you know, Cloud's mortal nemesis has actually entered into a new series here? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's like I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, so... To, to be able to see these two square off in Smash which is kind of interesting and I, I'd like to I'd like to see it personally so see there we go see this is this is what interests me because there are obviously the people who are heavily into it but I always wonder about the people who you know might be interested in the other games but you know will be brought to Smash because of characters that they add so okay very cool good to know um, I guess, see, uh, what do we want to cover first? Where do we even want to start with this new DLC character? There's kind of so much ground to cover. And I mean, where do we want to go? What do you think? What do you want to start with? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess we can start with like how good he is as a character. I feel like that's the most, like most competitive players. That's the first thing they're curious about. Yeah. And um, I think he has been like long enough now to where he's like sort of getting figured out about where he is, like in a tier list. Um, personally, I think he's probably like heights here. I think it's definitely viable. And, yeah, uh, I, I agree. And like, uh, I guess we had to wait until like top players, obviously, figure out more and more stuff to see what he's like truly capable of. But uh, like you said, in our bracket, uh, the person who got second played Sephiroth the whole time. So I guess that says a little something about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, character hasn't been out that long, and. It's just interesting to see what people's reactions have been so far. I know, like, Tweak, for example, said that, yeah, seems to be high tier, but is going to require a lot of time and effort and work to actually get to that level. I can definitely see that. Certainly makes sense to me. Uh, I think that... I think he's definitely high tier, from what I can tell. He has so many tools in the toolkit. It's just kind of absurd uh, some of the things that he can do and, and kind of set you up for. Um, so, yeah, fair enough. Okay, I think that makes sense. Well, I guess we can dive in, into, you know, is he worth playing? Is he worth trying? I would say yes. Yeah. I, I think even even if you're not like a really big, you know, Smash Ultimate fan, I still think he's worth at least trying and, you know, picking up and seeing how he works. Real yeah, quick. I agree. So, real quick, does Sephiroth have his, like... Big ass sword too. Yeah, he does. Uh, I don't think it's as long as it is in Final Fantasy. Okay, but uh, it's still so pretty big. It's like it's like longer than like the other sword characters by a lot. So does that give him any advantage? 
yeah, it, that's a pretty big advantage. Uh, being able to outrange like safely from somebody else is a huge advantage. Um, I think they kind of make up for that by making the attacks come out a bit slower. But uh, it doesn't matter how slow it is if it's so far that they can't like punish you for it. Interesting. Yeah, I've noticed that if you can keep people at a pretty good range, you can you can do some damage. And he has some tools in the toolkit so that you can kind of keep people at bay. So even though, it, yeah, it does take a little bit, there is some lag time in regards to his moveset. But I think it's interesting that you can, for example, like his side B, you know, use it to put those uh, those little circles on your opponent that end up exploding and doing damage. That's a huge kind of tool to avoid people who are going to try and, you know, either zone you out from long range or mid range. Like you can use that to your advantage. I mean, um, do you think, see that this character is just sort of byleth on steroids? I mean, I've seen that comparison. Frequently. Uh, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I can see where the comparison comes from. Uh, having like long range and like a projectile, I think his two projectiles are better than Violet's arrow. But um, I think having obviously being a lot faster helps out a ton. But I can see the comparisons, especially like with his back air and stuff, having the range. Right, right. I've noticed that with the the ability to use that flare and power that flare up. Now, I, you know, if you if you hold neutral B. Um, it will power up his flare. And what's interesting is the first level of it, eh, kind of trash. It travels further than the other versions, but doesn't really do a whole lot of damage. But um, the the second charged-up version is a blue flare, and that thing is awesome because the range is perfect. I feel like it comes out kind of fast enough to make it worthwhile where, you know, you can use it to sort of zone people and, you know, play games with people off-ledge and um so but then of course he also has the final one which is the this massive it's this very small little flare but it takes forever to charge up and doesn't go very big distance but it is kind of like a knockout punch you know it'll shield break and do some real nasty stuff which is hilarious um you know so i think that he has just a lot of tools that he can use that just make him sort of an all-around better option i mean what do you think about his frame data is it good bad what's it looking like uh, it's pretty solid. I know his uh, neutral air, neutral air comes out pretty fast, and I think he has landing like lots of landing lag with up air and back air. But like I said before, with that much range, I don't think it really hurts him too much. And he also has speed, so like weaving away in and out of stuff. And also, like you said, the tools help a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Just to, you know, stay at a nice range, hit that bear, <laughs> hit that bear, uh, punish people. <laughs> And, you know, from, from what we could tell, at least from uh, the local that we just had at Bees and taking a peek at really what he could look like in bracket, I've noticed a, a lot of, you know, subtle little things with sort of a short hop side B to put one of the little darts on and, you know, just little things that, that I think are going to become really important when we take a look at how he's played and the way that he moves. Uh, it's going to come back and... We'll say, yeah, you know, this is this makes sense. I'm very excited to see pros uh, get their hands on on him, like in a real, you know, big tournament. Hopefully soon, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> uh, but like, you can definitely tell, like you said, when pro players like live them out and stuff, then uh, all the what he's definitely capable of. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, see, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, you can go check out Sephiroth right now. He is part of the DLC pack number two. Um, 
go download it because it's honestly it, it's pretty cool. Who doesn't want Steve from Minecraft and Sephiroth and in Smash Ultimate? That just sounds awesome. See, thanks again for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Fun. Joining us now, we've got Paradoxus. We are talking about something that I ran across earlier this week. It's sort of <laughs> it was something that was so interesting. I knew we were going to talk about it, and when Mira brought this up to us, I said, oh my gosh, we have to cover this. She's done a lot of research on this. I just read some of the articles, but I am just so fascinated to talk about what is going on with Riot and Bungie suing cheat makers. Uh, This is just sort of crazy. I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff in the past, but... At least to my knowledge, seeing Riot and Bungie team up to take on people who are making cheats to actively, I just, this just seems pretty interesting, especially right now. So, uh, Mira, I'll, I'll let you kind of take it away. Tell me about what's going on here. What is happening? Well, I think the first thing we can really start with is this actually has a little bit of history, even before Bungie and Riot took the stage on this one and it really started with Activision Blizzard back in I want to say May-ish they had sent they actually ended up sending a private investigator to the owner's house of Gator Cheats to hand deliver the um, the notice of litigation And this went on for a couple of months uh, until about September 20th, where the owner of Gator Cheats put out a notice saying that he could not afford to litigate with the company and he has responsibility to his family, which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, do you really want to go up against Activision Blizzard? Probably not. (laughs) No. So they then had went off and implored players to not reach out for products that are even similar for games owned by Activision Blizzard, not mentioning any other creators, which obviously goes into the fact that he didn't actually shut down the website completely, and he still continued to make cheats for other games, such as Valorant and Destiny 2. Which brings in Bungie and Riot. They finally got together and were like, you know what, this is ridiculous. They're stating that these cheats are causing massive irreparable harm to their companies, which makes sense. We deal with a lot of cheaters in the game. I'm sure Sarah can attest to this. I'm sure she's dealt with many of them and it's incredibly frustrating and it does impact the company's reputation it totally does especially when you go into valorant and you specifically have to download anti-cheat software to prevent this from happening and the fact that it continues to happen is i i would be angry i would be upset yeah you know it's a valid point i mean we we have kind of joked about it We've had cheaters in our game. We've had the big red screen pop up and say there's somebody who's cheating. Uh, yep, this match game is terminated. Game yep. terminated. So, yeah, like we've certainly <laughs> seen it in person. At every uh, level. Yeah, at right. At every level, it does happen. Um, 
I just was shocked that it was happening on on this kind of a level. And and I just want to throw a quick quote out there because Riot spoke with Polygon, and uh, you know the quote was that they said cheating undermines a game's competitive integrity and erodes community trust. Riot is wholly committed to upholding these values for its players. So when we become aware of a cheat maker, you bet we're going to go after them. Um, that's crazy. that scares me, right? <laughs> That's that's like that's like hardcore, you know, like they're not they're not like passively doing it. It's not like a hey, stop this. It's like, no, we're going to take you and your whole family down with you. Yeah, well, like- I mean, if you think about it, these guys are making uh, they even stated in the documents that these guys could be making upwards to tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, because if even going on their website, they, they charge for a single month to use the software it's $90. 3 months it goes up to $250 and then a lifetime subscription is $500. How many people are using this software? How much money they could really be making to damage this company's reputation? Wow, that is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can go into, you know, the claims of Gator Cheats. Their mission statement is to help people who do not have time to gain skill on video games legitimately, but still want to find enjoyment playing video games regardless. So if you think about that for a second, how ridiculous that is. Video games take time. You know, they're hobbies for a lot of people and if you don't have time to get good at your hobby i mean you're essentially paying for a service to to get around that yeah yeah i also don't mm, i I think they're making a big assumption on the motivation on why people cheat there as well (laughs) you know uh because i I totally agree i think that's just their way of you know, trying to to smooth over the crappiness of what they're offering. Well, and if you think about it from a perspective like of non-cheaters, you know, or people who people who find exploits and use the exploits that aren't technically cheating, you know, like, you know, walling sage walling on the box on ascent to look through the windows. It's yeah. not tec- that's not technically cheating, right? It's just an exploit. It's a glitch or maybe it's there on purpose but uh anyway it's how is it fun for the cheater i always ask this anytime i run into a cheater i run into cheaters in tarkov joey can attest to it we run into cheaters all the time like how are we getting head eyes through walls mm-hmm. you know like that doesn't make any sense so maybe it feels good for them you know like haha like now i can steal all your stuff they don't take right. the stuff though in Tarkov. That's the funniest part. The funniest part about the Tarkov cheaters is that every time I've died from a cheater in Tarkov, I would always get my insurance back. Always. They don't even take my stuff. Like you cheated to cheat. Well, like, at that point, it makes me feel like they don't really care about the game. They just want to basically grief on people. Like, right. That's it. Right. They, they like to make people upset. And they don't really have to do anything to get that. Yeah, it is. It is on some level about inflicting misery on other people. I I would argue that back in the day, you know, when you had things like Game Shark and you know different cheats that you could use for like single player experiences on PlayStation Two or something or PlayStation One, I think that's a different 
scenario because you know it's kind of a victimless crime if you will you're not hurting anybody you're only cheating yourself if you want to zoom through a story or you know have every single item and you know everything that you can possibly think of to get through a single player experience faster but i think on the flip side nowadays if you're cheating in an online game that's totally different it's totally and completely different and these companies certainly do have a right to protect their integrity of their intellectual properties i I get it. it it just is shocking to me that people are still trying to come up with ways to scheme and make money by creating cheats for these online games it just it's wild right so what's crazy to me even as a person who doesn't really play online games i understand the basis of things like vanguard which riot uses as its anti-cheat software where it actually tags your hardware so that if you're banned it recognizes that hardware so this product has basically gone undetected for I don't even know how long at this point. As of September, it was 11 months that this software was going unrecognized through Activision and Blizzard. And it's now January next year. Wow. And it's like 15 still months. going on. It has a hardware ID spoofer, which allows banned players to continue playing. What? Wow. That's absurd. It's just shocking. It's like... But there's so much money in it. You got to believe that these players who are banned would be willing to do anything to get around their hardware bans if they have them, which is just, oh my gosh. Wow. Right. It is. It's completely absurd. It totally is. And I think, honestly, for me personally, I think this is one of the bigger reasons why I do not like playing online because these things exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, I mean, where do you think we go from here? What what kind of happens next in this whole uh, you know grand scheme of things? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think people are still going to try to cheat and do things, but you know, what are your thoughts? I'm interested to see how this plays out for Gator cheats because, like I said earlier, he had already made a statement months ago in regards to Activision and Blizzard that he doesn't have the he cannot afford to litigate with the company. I mean, I still don't think he can afford to litigate with Riot and Bungie together. So I'm interested to see how this is going to go because even reading in, I mean, even reading into the case documents, um, they're making clay, they, they call it a prayer of relief in their, in case documents, if you want to know. Um, it's basically their demands and they're essentially asking for a complete shutdown of this company, not only a complete shutdown of this company, but they want hand delivered copies of the materials that caused the infringement. They want all accounting and sales that had occurred for the company in its duration of its selling cheats for each developer. And they are expecting to be awarded the max damages that they can get and all of their attorney fees fees paid. Whoa. Wow. (laughs) Holy crap. 
Yeah, so think about that for a second. They're not messing around. Like, if you basically are demanding, like, a total shutdown and to be awarded damages, and I, I'm i going to be very interested to see if Gator Cheats actually uh, follows through with this this case. Because, honestly, I really don't see them having a chance of winning it because it's already been stated that their company has completely violated DMCA policies. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it seems kind of hopeless, right? Because they, they really don't, I guess, armchair lawyer here. They really don't have a legal leg to stand on clearly. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they've made a lot of money is is interesting. I think it's fascinating. They're going so hard in the paint, but I think that this is what we're going to see probably in the future. This is this could be sort of the the sort of typical case that we see when it comes to companies or even just individuals that manufacture these cheats for online games. I think this really could be the new model that companies kind of use they team up with one another because they know that these guys are making cheats for multiple games most of the games you know are run on the same engine unreal unreal engine so it's the same kind of thing they just have to figure out how to get around it so it makes sense it's just oh my gosh i you know cheaters hackers and people who created beware i mean this is clearly going to be a big time problem yeah, I I don't expect this. I think this is really just a start. Like I feel that some of these companies are finally acknowledging that this is a serious issue and they're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it makes sense especially when the integrity of their games are, you, you can't put a price tag on it. You really can't put a price tag on it because it's why People play. I mean, it's why Valorant got away with having a, you know, kernel level security with Vanguard. I mean, there's it makes sense because people just understand that, you know, if we're if we're gonna all be on a level playing field and make sure that people aren't cheating, we've all got to kind of work together. And uh, obviously, again, it still happens. We see it happen, but and it happens at all levels. So. And not just these games. There's right. problems in Apex. and Oh yeah, no, I'm certainly yeah. not saying that it doesn't happen anywhere else. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm almost certain that the Gator Cheat specifically doesn't just do Valorant and Destiny 2. They also do Apex and other online games. So right. I'll be interested to see what happens uh, in the future as far as what is defined as cheating in gaming like legally defined as cheating because that's where that's where things will get really interesting right because is a is a bot that stays and cuts wood for you in runescape technically cheating that's a good point yeah or like uh in world of warcraft i remember when i was playing back you know in 2000 nine or whenever um there would be bots on the auction house who would specifically be there just to buy an item 
if it dropped below a certain price range. Right. Is that technically cheating? I would definitely consider that a little, like, kind of in a gray area when it comes to cheating. Because as you know about bots and buying things as soon as price drops or, you know, as soon as they become available, NVIDIA RTX 3080, if you think about it that way, you're basically doing that, but in an online game. Right. But see, in the real world, technically, that's not illegal. Uh, yet. Not yet. That's that I think that's that's my point, is that when when we define what is technically cheating in video games, shouldn't shouldn't like real life society follow suit? Uh no, it's, this is a huge topic. I feel like this is something that we're gonna be talking about for a long time. And it, it just because the ripple effects are so huge, you know, across the spectrum of gaming and actual real life so uh absolutely fascinating well mira thank you so much for joining us and uh, filling us in on what's going on i had no idea went uh, this deep that is just it's just crazy it's just crazy to to hear uh about gator cheats and you know because you read one article but you don't see the full picture so definitely appreciate that we're gonna go ahead and wrap up with a very important segment at least to us, because we play a lot of Valorant, but there is a lot of new content that has just dropped. We're going to cover all of it. There's been some updates to Omen Brimstone, as well as the classic getting nerfed. There is also a new agent that has debuted, new changes to the ranked system, as well as regional leaderboards. So this is a lot to dive into. Let's just start with the new agent, Yoru. Obviously, we saw some of the abilities well beforehand uh they leaked out from a russian youtuber so we've seen a lot of what was going to happen what this character was going to look like we have only just had a chance to play a couple of games one unranked and one one ranked game with the yoru involved so our experiences so far are limited but i mean let's just kind of talk about yoru's kit i think real quick because this is a very, very interesting agent. I know we've kind of covered the, the abilities, but just seeing them in person now, very interesting character. So let's kick it off. Who wants to go first? I think Sarah should go first because, I mean, this, yeah. is, this is your wheelhouse completely. Okay. All right. You convinced me. So the first game we played, we had a Yoru on our team, which was, I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought it was it was hard to follow like how he fits in a team. Yeah. I, I think that he's very much a solo player. Yeah. He, he's sort of that omen in between aggressor, but also just sort of a cross between, I would say a number of agents, but I, I don't know. I, I think that the flash is certainly interesting that, that, blindside flash the way that it bounces we've seen how it bounces we've seen how it can be used on certain sites certainly on um haven because those were the games that we played mostly on uh so many ways you can bounce that that bad boy around it's crazy yeah i think that flash is kind of op um it's super easy to use like you don't have to worry about trying to get it through a wall or you know like skies like having to steer it (laughs) Right. Um, you just kind of chuck it and 
wherever it hits, that's where it's gonna gonna flash. Yeah. Wait for people to figure out all the lineups with that crazy flash. Oh my gosh! Yeah. There's some stuff you can do there for sure. I found myself more scared during his ultimate. Yeah. Than with Omen. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like, as soon as I hear it, I am literally running in a circle, spinning around, because he could be anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's scary because he is moving, right? I mean, yeah. he is, has the ability to reposition and get into places that should not happen. We were playing, played a ranked game with Rolo, and Rolo was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, the best parts of Omen, but you're able to really kind of abuse some of his abilities. I mean, you know, the, the way that he can, his E abilities can, you know, basically reposition kind of a TP within sight, very similar to Omens, but very, you know, much farther range. So he's kind of got all those abilities just minus the smokes. Um, and also a very new ability that we've not seen before that kind of messes with a, a different sense, which is the the fake out, which equips Echo footsteps that kind of like run down and we saw different people using those in different ways when we played i noticed people using that to to fake i mean haven is, is what comes to mind right so like you know i think short a and you know using that to run through short and then you know actually taking it down long and using the flash to flash sight. i mean there's so many things you can do because it just messes with people which i think is awesome they need to make the footsteps silent on your team. They need to make it silent on your team. There were so like... many times that like I would send like on Haven, I would send my drone through sewer and Aryoru was sending his footsteps down long towards lobby. So I would hear footsteps and be like, oh my god, they're here, they're here. Because I had no idea he had sent them out. So I kind of felt dumb. But then I realized what was going on. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's his footsteps. So overall, what do you think about Yoru? Let's just open it up. So far from what we've seen, Pinch, Sarah, obviously we've played a couple games so far. Overall thoughts right now? You know, I, I personally, I think Yoru is kind of cool. Like, yeah. um, I've read a couple different things, and he's been compared to if Wraith and Phoenix had a baby, basically. Right, you know? right. And I loved Wraith. I was a Wraith main, so I want I definitely want to try him out when when I have an opportunity to. I can tell you, I think from my perspective, this is not a character I think I would be particularly good at, despite the fact that I love Omen. I just think that there's a lot of mechanics. I think there's a lot of ability to really harm the other team in ways that we've just not seen before with messing with people with footsteps and insane bouncing flashes and stuff. Uh, I do think that it is going to require some sort of sentinel. I mean, we're going to have to start seeing ciphers on every team just to combat this kind of stuff uh, because it's just it's just a problem. It's just a problem. So maybe this kind of shifts the meta a little bit. We'll have to see when we kind of get further into the act. But yeah, I think uh, I think he's really cool. I see a very kind of bright future with this character. I think that of the newer characters that Riot has released, this seems to me to be one of the better 
characters right out the gate. Um, I don't know how balanced he's going to be, but he's, you know, we'll just have to see. Sarah, so, what do you think? Real quick, we oh, played sorry. we played four games with tonight, correct? Like I, think, that. Uh, I think we played three? like four. Three. Three. Okay. So of those of those three games, all three of them had an enemy cipher. Just saying. Like people are right. already trying to trying to counter with Cypher. And honestly, I feel like Cypher is gonna be a better counter than Killjoy when it comes to uh Sentinels and countering Yoohoo. I agree. I, I do think that we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens with Yoru because uh who knows maybe people really figure out a way to use him to do things that are just overpowered but again the games that we've played so far and this is very limited experience hasn't seemed to be the case quite yet but of course people are still definitely figuring him out now big updates to other agents omen and brimstone are kind of flip-flopping a little bit with who's going to be more powerful so brimstone Stim Beacon now quick cast, no equip time. Molotov cost is reduced from 300 to 200. Sky Smokes, 4,200 to 5,000. That's the cast range. So it's been increased. And I can tell you, it is increased significantly. Maybe not as big as Omen's cast range for his smokes, but still quite long. Like, it's a bigger range than you're used to seeing on that map. Uh, and the smoke duration, which in my opinion is very long, is this 14... Uh, second used to be 14.25 seconds now it's 19.25 seconds that is a powerful smoke and you get three of them you don't get another one nothing like that but pretty uh pretty pretty interesting now apparently brimstone also no longer makes a sound uh that enemies can hear when confirming the location of his smoke so if you remember you used to you know smokes down right and the enemy could actually hear you say that if they were in earshot, can't hear that anymore. So big time buffs for Brimstone. On the flip side, Omen, his paranoia, which is this blast, that's, that's going to cost $400 now as opposed to what it was, which was 200 And then his smokes, dark cover, the projectile speed is decreasing from 4000 to 2800 So almost in half. Basically, that's going to be a problem, I would argue, when you're on... I would say when you're on defense, but I I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. I did play Omen a couple times. You know, Brimstone does seem to be sort of the more meta pick at this point, just because his smokes are so long lasting. He does get the full three and does get some, you know, kind of extra little buffs, stim beacon, whatever. But any thoughts on what they're trying to do with managing these controllers? Because this has been kind of a a, a point of contention, I would argue, for a number of months now. This is a constant conversation on r slash Valorant on Reddit. Everyone basically would say that Omen is obviously the more competitive pick for the longest time, and now it's uh, quite the opposite. They're, uh, I think they're pretty even. I will say that the um, Brimstone Smokes really made me mad tonight. They are incredibly long. I think... Yeah. I think... Uh... That's that's kind of the point that they were trying to make with the smokes because my thoughts are like when you see brim smokes go down, what do you do? 
you go around them, right? Nobody pushes the smokes. So if you're if you're like 30 seconds left and tr- Brim drops smokes on you and they have you have to go to that site, you have to push those smokes. It's the end yep. of like if you don't if you don't then you're just you're going to lose the round. So I think I think uh what Riot is trying to do is to get people to be more aggressive and pushing through smokes which is kind of scary for most players you know yeah i think it's the in my mind it's it is the right way to play sometimes especially if you if you've got to get aggressive sometimes you know go ahead push through that smoke it it can be worth it but i do think it's going to set up different kinds of plays different kinds of retakes because it just lasts forever and the range is longer. So I I don't I don't know. I still think there's a place for Omen in this meta right now just because it's not like his smoke um cooldown time has been increased to anything crazy. Like he he has been nerfed. It is fairly significant nerf, but they they didn't really nerf him into the ground which is, I think, kind of what many of us were expecting. Now, one thing to note, Viper, <laughs> there's nothing yet, but they are looking at her, and they know that she's underperforming. She's been underperforming the entire time, which is kind of a shame. I, I suspect this is just me totally speculating. I think they're going to just rework her entire kit. I think they're just going to change how she works in general. Because I never see her. I'm the only person I know of that's stupid enough or crazy enough to play her. I think she's really fun. I don't think she's viable just because you have to play entirely around her. You have to have a composition that's based around her in order to be successful. And that's just not going to happen a lot of the time. So hopefully we get some Viper updates soon. Now, something that I know that... Tricera Squads has talked a lot about is what is going on with the classic. <sighs> yeah. This has been one of the best guns in the game since forever. I mean, it's just so classic. strong. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds crazy, right? A gun that's free is one of the best in the entire game. Uh I mean, what are we what do we think about this? I mean, this thing has been nerfed pretty significantly. I was worried, but using it tonight, the right click actually wasn't that bad. Um, I was expecting it to be more noticeable, but it's not really. I did find myself left clicking more tonight, though, than usual. Like, sometimes I'll just try to, like, spam right as much as I can, as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, especially in close quarters. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, for the longer. I'm yeah, super sorry. trash at the game. What did they do to the classic? Okay, so, so the right click, it used to be a fairly consistent spray every time. You know, you get the basically triple bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, so they increased the jumping error from 0.4 to 1. Which, Bish, maybe you can explain. So, Is that like the spray, basically? Yeah. It, it, basically, if you spam right click, which shoots a cluster of bullets, It's this, the spread is going to be increasing. So and it's wider. Gonna, 
Yeah, so you're not going to be able to... Each time, right? Yeah, like, so like yeah, if you, you can't spam it. If you in succession are clicking it. Now, the other interesting thing, and that's what everybody's talking about, is this nerf to the right click. But there's a couple interesting things here. They specifically nerfed the jumping error. So if you jump and try to right click somebody around a corner or something, oh, it used to be 0.4. Now it's 1.0. So you're going to have an even harder time kind of landing that nasty little headshot around a corner if you try to jump peek it and yeah. right click. No more the cop other, peeking. Exactly. Yeah, no more. None of that stuff. The, the other thing that's interesting is they increased the input queue on the right click. So it said it used to be very fast, right? 0. 0.065 seconds that thing was coming out. Now it's 0.225. Is that significant? I don't know, but probably seems like it would be significant since it's going to take longer for that actual animation for those bullets to come out. That's pretty interesting. Um, obviously, we talked about firing consecutively. Now jumps an error. So starting at 1.9 for the first burst, 2.5 for the second, and then the third and fourth burst will be at 6.0. And of course, if you want to read these patch notes, head on over to playvalorant.com. They've got it right there on their website. But uh, I, I think that and they, they acknowledge that this has been a problem for a while. I think it's good that they you know, addressed it. And in my opinion, this is a kind of quality of life thing that just makes sense. Am I ever going to buy anything other than a classic on pistol round? Absolutely not. We've got some interesting updates to the competitive side of things. Now, there's going to be new regional leaderboards. <laughs> the, uh, the system update, um, it's also going to change how you actually get uh, up and down the ladder. So basically, you're going to see real numbers instead of the, you know, kind of famous uh, up doot, down doot, if you will, of uh, what they've done before. So now you're going to actually have a very clear understanding as to where you are uh, in the actual ranking system, which is just so different than what we've seen previously. You know, you'd have two, two down arrows, maybe you don't know what's going on with the two down arrows. And then it's like, you know, you have no idea whether you're going to be ranked the next game. No more of that. That is done. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm very excited about that. Of course, if you're an immortal and radiant, those ranks are now um, basically. I, I mean, how do you even? I I yeah uh, I know I know about that one. Okay. So radiant players are the top 500 per region. Immortal players are roughly 1% of the rank players per region. Immortal will also only be one rank now using the Immortal 3 icon. So that's that's it, right? So it's just... It's just two groups. Radiant and Immortal. Yep. That's it. So that's interesting for people who are kind of in the top level. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, we only played, what, two ranked games tonight? Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see um, a little bit more of the progress bar because I think that's something that people always are like, oh, I don't know, like I might rank up on this one, I might you know de rank off of this one. So it's nice to like see exactly where you are and not have to like do the math, you know. I would encourage you to go ahead and read the complete notes because there are a lot of changes and we're not going to be able to cover all of them for like each ranking um there's a just brand new rank rating system uh so there's a lot to kind of cover but 
just know that yes, you will be able to see what your rank rating looks like. No more hidden stuff. You're, you're gonna know. That to me is just, it's just huge. It's just huge. So, um, yeah. Do you think that um, having a sort of tangible number of where you are and where you are are may or may not rank or derank will get players to play longer sessions? I think probably. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be so much more obvious where you're at. And you're like, I'm on a win streak. And if I win like two more, I could rank up. Right. 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 And, and it's, you know, how they break it down, how they break down the point system and how much you can earn per win and how much you lose per loss is, it's very well put together. It's a very well put together system, in my opinion. I think that, I think it's just going to really change kind of where you find yourself getting stuck now. You know, I still think that people are going to find themselves getting stuck, but uh, I think that at least it's going to be really obvious where and why, as opposed to before where it was just sort of a mystery. Um, I'm, I don't know. I think it's a brilliant change. I'm sure it was a scary change on their side. I think it's something they just didn't maybe want to implement until they they knew that they 100% had it correct, and uh, now they they have it right. So again, we're going to have to kind of see how that goes for this act. But I think that kind of kind of here that makes sense. Definitely exciting. Like I'm excited to see where I actually stack up with the bottom tier players. Yep, I'm ready. I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. Because like I wouldn't be surprised if I was the absolute worst player in the region. I'd actually be kind of proud of it. <laughs> I guarantee there are worse players. I highly, than yeah, I highly doubt. Like I want to be the absolute worst player in the region just so I could be like, yo, you got killed by the worst player. Like, <laughs> I am actual trash. Oh my god. That is sort of like a, a point of pride, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I like it. Goodness. If you're a streamer, you're in luck. Um, they've removed the add friend button from the in-game player list. So people can't just add you to find out what your name is <laughs> so they can stream snipe you. I know that's been a problem in the higher ranks. Funny, that's one of those things that I don't necessarily think about, but that is kind of important. Mm -hmm. I that's think. super helpful, especially since yeah, they, they added the, you know, like streamer mode, quote unquote, you know? Right. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Sorry. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> well, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up. What is this? Episode number 12? Yep. Yeah. Insane. That's great. Well, we're going to wrap it up as we always do with what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're playing. Go ahead, I guess, kick us off. I've been listening to new Wolfgang Gartner. I've been listening to old Wolfgang Gartner. I've been listening to Dead Mouse. Because why not? And then Sea Shanties. <coughs> yeah. Sea Shanties. Thanks, TikTok. Just leave it at that. Just, just Google it. You're in for a treat. Uh, Pinch, what are you listening to? 
Uh, so I found a couple really cool, like, lo-fi artists. <laughs> um, this this dude named Gravy Beats makes this really cool, like, uh, like Japanese Asian inspired lo-fi, and it's really really rad. Check him out on Spotify. Um, I he's just really good. There's a couple other ones, uh, like Lower Fidelity makes some really good ones. I think you say it Magnardi. He's also really good, but like just a bunch of like lo-fi beats to you know have in the background. Pretty awesome. What about you, Sarah? I've been listening to a lot of Tame Impala. Um, definitely not new by any means, but I love it. It's fun, catchy. Um, I like to listen to it while I work out because kind of like calms me down a little bit. Just gets me in like a like a little groove, you know. Nice. It's awesome. All right. Well, I guess what have we been watching? Uh, Sarah, why don't you kick us off? What are you watching? Okay, I had to think about this one really hard. Um, Not like really anything at home, but we just went to visit my parents last weekend. And um, okay, so not only did I watch my team unfortunately lose to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, my beloved Washington football team lost. So that was fun to watch, though. Uh, their quarterback was really, really good. He did a great job for being literally his first game. Um, and I binge-watched Your Town with my dad, and that was really fun, too. What? <laughs> um, you were asleep. Oh, my. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an HGTV show. So, you know, like home reno kind of stuff. I I love it. I don't know. That stuff is so addictive. This is why I'm glad we don't have cable, because I can't just, like, turn this on and watch it all day long. I love it. I mean, I'm sure I could on, like, Hulu or something, but... Yeah. Wow. No, hey, why not? Why not? Get some inspo. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, I love it. Pinch, what are you watching? Okay, so... Weekly, I suppose, I just kind of jump from streaming service to streaming service. And this week, I watched a lot of Netflix. Um, I started watching The Crown, which is actually really interesting because historical semi-fiction is kind of cool because I'm old. Um, Yep. I'm with you. It's super interesting. Like, I didn't know a lot of these things and to kind of put into perspective that like queen elizabeth knew winston churchill you know it's just like it's crazy yeah wait for real yeah yeah absolutely yeah oh you just blew my mind yeah dude queen elizabeth is old bro like really really old yeah kind of crazy actually yeah yeah. Like, so anyway, I'm learning some things and that makes me want to research like actual like real history. So that's kind of cool. Um 
Following the vein of history, I watched something else on Netflix called The History of Swear Words with Nicolas Cage. And oh. holy fucking shit, is that amazing. Yeah. Really, I've really good. Great. I've heard it's amazing. I need to watch it. Definitely check that out. And then the last thing that I absolutely recommend you guys to watch is a movie that was from the creators of Black Mirror uh, called Death to 2020. It's like a mockumentary about the year 2020. And it's only like an hour long or like an hour and 10 minutes long or something. Super short. But within that hour is the is everything of 2020 and it is the weirdest thing to look back on like it is absolutely insane to actually watch all of 2020 in an hour it's almost painful <laughs> it, it's almost a lot like happened i was gonna say i feel like it's like the i love the 90s i love the 80s it's like there's going to be like the I love 2020 and it's just like that's the whole season. Except it's just, no one loves 2020. <laughs> no. Awful. Terrible. Everybody Very hates 2020. Yep. Bye bye. 2021's here. I will say this though like the, the mockumentary Death to 2020 it's definitely super deadpan funny. You know? <laughs> um, it is it's absolutely hilarious like Samuel Jackson did a really great job. Um <laughs> Lisa Kudrow's in it. She's amazing. Love her. Uh, she she does like a Kaylee McEnany type character. Oh. oh my god. And it is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I named my dog after her. My other dog. It's dog. Never mind. True. Her Long name's story. Phoebe. <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome. Oh my god. Side note. <laughs> um and Kumail Ninjani's in it as well. Oh, oh yes. And that man is absolutely hilarious. But anyway, definitely check it out. I can't stress it enough. Death to 2020 on Netflix. Creators of Black Mirror. Bishop, what'd you watch? Uh I've been watching one thing and one thing only when January comes around. I'm talking about World Bulls, the championship series. It is upon us. It's going down at the Potter's Resort in the UK. I wish one of these days I'm going to go, listen, this is like my favorite thing. It's my favorite time of the year. Why is this so exciting? I don't know. Uh, it's it's indoor lawn bowling, right? It's um, basically pairs and singles going up against one another to decide and crown who are the best of the best when it comes to your bowls or lawn bowls or indoor lawn bowls, whatever you want to call it. It is the crowning achievement. And uh, I love watching this. Of course, it's on typically, you know, during the day. So during my, my lunch break, I'll throw it on my phone. It's, it's live on YouTube, live on Facebook. You can watch it any of those places. Uh, it's definitely tailor-made for an audience that's 60 plus. Uh, of which I fit right into, no problem. <laughs> I'm serious. It's awesome. It's so fun to watch, and just to watch these these guys and girls and their ability to bowl a ball very close to another ball. Wow, wow. I know this is gonna this is gonna come back to haunt me. That's fine, but go check it out. I know y'all are gonna make fun of me. It's okay. I'm gonna hear about it later. It's all good. Go check out the World Bowls Championship because it is 
just that awesome. That's what I've been watching. Anyways, moving right, next on. Time, next time you watch it, please link me so I can watch it with you and I can laugh at you. Because I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, but also my favorite sport is curling, so... Oh, well, if you like curling, then you're <laughs> going to love bowls, dude. It's... <laughs> if you like any anything like that if you like bocce ball if you like it's basically like watching people play professional bocce I, like very similar but it is yeah it's it's dope i'll, I'll shoot you a link <laughs> for sure okay uh, I... <laughs> sarah's like i'm too young sponsored by like a retirement thing no hemorrhoid cream oh my god wow. <laughs> Preparation oh age. God. We need a. We need a sponsor. Oh my god! I'm done. I'm done. Life alert. Here we we need a sponsor. It's starting early. Here it goes. Good lord. All right. What? If, what have we been playing? Well, I could tell you. Obviously, I've been playing Valorant. I've been playing Destiny 2. A little bit of Rivals of Aether and Smash Bros. Uh, but that's about it for me. Just excited about what's going to be happening with Valorant. So. Guess yeah. what you haven't been playing. What's that? Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> Haven't been playing Ring Fit Adventure. Don't want to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay, cool. Next good week. Next week. We're going to try it this weekend. I like it. That sounds good. I can do that. I'm scared. Yep. Pinch, what are you playing? So I've been playing Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm level 14 now. And uh, I'm doing squats and squeezing that ring. It's not your average workout which is really bizarre i mean it it feels more like um almost hit training or like more of a cardio based workout which is kind of fun um i was like joking with myself that at some point i'm gonna try to speed run the whole game oh my god so i cranked up the intensity level today i was playing at 14 and now i'm playing at 22 and I could definitely see a difference, <laughs> so I might turn it down a little bit because I almost died today. I also played a lot of Valorant this week uh, because it was the end of the season. But yeah, <laughs> I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Valorant on top of all the other stuff, and uh, this really sweet game called Melvor Idol, which is <laughs> basically Idol RuneScape. <laughs> Sarah, what are you playing? Valorant, obviously. What's fucking new? Sorry, bleep. Uh, quack. <laughs> um. I I played a little bit of Stardew Valley, but since we were away over the weekend, I didn't get a lot of time to play. Little Miss Gabadook is uh, is trying to get me that Minecraft train, though. So we're going to start playing together at some point pretty soon. I think we might start tomorrow and see how that goes. But yeah, just grinding Valorant. like it. Let's go ahead and wrap up the episode. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you back with another episode next week. Probably some updates about, you know, what our experiences are in Valorant. Of course, we're going to be covering all the gaming news, everything that's happening in the world. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Adios. Bye. Bye. Oh,